Hello, I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soshnick. On this weekly podcast, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. On this week's show, we have part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, Joe Maloof. But first, let's look at the top stories of the week. Joining us is Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Eben Novi williams And let's start with a controversy involving the Philadelphia 76ers and tweets. What is this all about? Love the story, Eben. I'm, I'm going to let you do it because this, uh, it, yeah, this, this is fantastic. This is great. I uh, love this story. The The Ringer reported this week that Brian Colangelo, who's the uh, president of basketball operations for the 76ers, may, and may is a key word, may have uh, as many as five anonymous Twitter accounts that he's been using for years uh, to do things like respond to beat writers who are saying things that he disagrees with. Occasionally, some of these accounts tweeted out uh, proprietary health information about players. He has bashed players like Jaleel Okafor, like Joel Embiid, like Markel Fultz. How do you criticize your star player? You do it anonymously. No, you don't do, you don't do it at all. <laughs> Where it stands right now, the, the 76ers are investigating the report. They're trying to get to the truth as to whether or not all five of these accounts, one of which he has apparently copped up to, the other five, or the other four, they're kind of still working their way through. Uh, this is just the, the next in a long line of burner social Bar, the, media the, accounts. The most that we've 2018 seen in story of 2018. That's what this is. You know what? I, I'm amazed this hasn't happened before. And uh, it oh, Roger Goodell's wife had a, yeah, had a exactly. secret Twitter account. I mean, Adam yeah. Silver had one that was identified, right. but he wasn't. Yeah, but he, he wasn't, wasn't doing, doing anything. He was just following. Right. Sure, uh, Jim Comey. He uh, he had that one that was identified. Uh, this at least seems to be a different level in that he is doing things that are obviously not okay for for his position. I mean, he's releasing information about players that uh, is is private. He is I would guess ba- Josh trying to Harris encourage journalists to look into things. Yeah. Yeah, the tip-off was it was BC-76. No. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, this this happens. We just don't know about the other instances where this does not happen. Well, right now, that sound you hear is every Twitter feed being shut down. (laughs) Just click, 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 click. I just don't understand the risk versus reward calculation do the arbitrage what are you what are you getting at it why everything uh, can be traced if you are on a computer it can be easily well, said, traced Evan, I, it, this, yeah, was, so this was an anonymous tip to the this ringer. is an anonymous tip yeah. they got from from someone who i believe worked at or had access to uh, a pretty big severe social media scraping service that looked at the five accounts the language they use the people they follow the people who followed them the, the people they responded to and felt very confidently that the five accounts were all run by the same person they were all linked in some way um and again brian colangelo has at least copped to one of the one of the five um yeah i mean it's a total mess i would imagine that there are yeah as you said scott there are accounts being deleted right now there are contracts that will be drawn up in the future that will include social disparagement those who know brian and i have known him for a long time will say if true this is a mistake the size of the collars of his shirt if you know Brian, that makes sense to you. And we would like to thank Jokey76 for well, the tip-off. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to our next topic. Seattle, will they get an NHL team? Yes, they're going to get an NHL team. And, I mean, it's going to be a long time before an expansion team can be good, right? Yeah, no, first, first year impossible. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a Seattle fan right now, I'm buying my Stanley Cup Finals tickets, even though they don't even have a team yet. Uh, more on that later, right, Bar, with this week's guest. But what I'm interested in right now, what's the price? That's a good market. 
You know, Tim Laiwiki has worked to get a building agreement. Uh, very interested to see what the price is going to be. The higher, the better for those current owners, because you know what happens? They divvy that up. It goes right in their pockets. That is not part of revenue sharing. That doesn't go to the revenue for the for the players. That goes right in their pocket. Just nice, equal share. So there is some motivation to expand. Scott, there's been talk about Seattle as a market literally since the moment the Supersonics left. Yeah. Um, are you surprised that hockey beat the NBA back to Seattle? No, in that the contract called for an NBA team has to say yes. It was it was the path of least resistance to get the building done. So and once you, you had private investment, and again, it's Oakview Oakview Group getting that done. So what once that building agreement was in place to have whatever team be an anchor tenant. And you know Adam Silver is paying attention because there will be a, a basketball team there as well. Now, whether it's expansion or relocation, who knows right now. But that that is a market they did not want to give up. They just could not get a building done last does, time. Does this speed up the NBA's return to Seattle, do you think? I mean, getting, an, getting a, the building done, getting an NHL franchise in place? That'll be market forces. It's just a matter of do they want to add another team or is there one struggling so mightily that relocation is an option? That, that I mean, that's what's going to drive the decision from the NBA. I always thought that Seattle was a very good sports market. I mean, obviously... Have you now? What, what, gave, what gave that away, the Michael? Mariners, <laughs> and then it, they left. I, 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 why in this... this oh, it, I'm sure that, you know, anybody who was a Sonics fan is laughing at OKC. Why? They, 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 they've got to watch Kevin Durant. I mean, now he's gone, I'm, but they got Kevin for a little while and, and Harden and Westbrook, and they got a team. It's all I'm, good. I'm mad. It, I'm just like the Baltimore Colts. I'm mad. Mayflower moving truck, middle of the night. <laughs> moving on. Speaking of which, you know, the Golden Knights, I'm sure that the Vegas bookmakers love them because they are breaking them. I, I've never seen. They'd like to be able to like root for this. the hometown team, but and coming from the guy, by the way, what what what's on your socks? Oh yeah, Evan, I got poker chip. I got poker chip socks. Poker chip socks. Yeah. So you. So speaking of poker and betting, you would have thought that the, the the bookmakers would like to root for the local team, but right now it looks like they'll oh, lose no. money. They're losing money if the Knights win. They're losing a lot of money. I mean, there are William Hill, for example, one of the bigger books in Vegas. They're on the hook for $2 million just on their future bets if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. And so, that, that doesn't even take into account every home game that were all those bets came in on the Knights. And as you guys know, the Knights were pretty damn good at home. They were losing over $100,000 on some home games alone. But we know how these things work. All the book wants is equal money on both sides. So why am I not being presented... With such outrageous odds to go the other way. I can answer that. Oh, the, uh, yeah. I read, by the way, I, I really wasn't looking for you to answer this. <laughs> I can answer that. But great, go for uh, it. Because I've talked to book, bookies about this. Uh, they felt as though the lines they were giving originally were so outrageously shaded already. You know, they felt like this was a, a 2,500 to 1 team. They offered it at 250 to 1, and people bet it. And they were shocked at that point. And even when the when the season started, when you think, oh, just adjust your odds and change it, they felt, you know, there's so much buzz about this. It's public money. It's not really sharp money. 
uh, it's going to correct itself. You know, the the team's going to struggle. Other teams are going to figure out how to play against them. They it's kept waiting. They were waiting for it to fade. Exactly, and it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And when you reach a certain point, when you've got enough bets in there at two fifty to one, one fifty to one, you can't. There's nothing you can do at that point. If you start shading everything else the other way, you run the risk of losing money either way you go. Uh, so they rolled the dice on it, and the dice came up uh, the night's way. Good night and good luck. Oof. Our thanks to Bet32 Black Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Evan Novi williams Now it's time for our interview with Joe Maloof. He is part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. His family has an extensive background in sports team ownership, and they had a big role in Las Vegas. They once owned the Sacramento Kings and created the Palms Hotel and Casino in Vegas. Pretty impressive bar, and I have hung with the Maloof family at Arco Arena at the Palms, yes, the pool. And Joe, thank you very much in taking some time to join our show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I know it. Speaking of your pleasure, we have known each other about 20 years. I was at Arco Arena for some of those Lakers-Kings games, and you used to own the Sacramento Kings. I was at the opening of the Palms, the uh, casino and hotel in Vegas, and you certainly had a good time at all those events. But, but, but yeah. the, what about your smile now with, with the Golden Knights? Are you having more fun with this than anything else you've done? Oh, I've never seen anything like this in all my years. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's really, uh, you know, when you look at it, uh, if you go back, Buster Douglas, when he fought Mike Tyson, <laughs> he was 50 to 1. This is 500 to 1. It just puts it in perspective how unbelievable this is. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that I would say longer shot, it happened not too long ago for the English soccer fans, was Leicester winning the Premier League. They were 5,000 to 1, but nobody saw this coming. I mean, let's be real. You, you didn't even think that you would come close, did you? No, no, no. I thought maybe 25 wins at the most, maybe 30 for an expansion team, but... Um, to get as many as we did and all the points that we got, it was incredible. I, 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 nobody, nobody believed this would ever happen. Yeah, and like the Vegas bookmakers, because they're about to lose a bunch of money because you guys are extremely successful. I've never seen in any of the four major sports an expansion team right out the blocks doing this, making it to the championship. Yeah, it's, it's really spectacular. You know, you have to give all the credit to Bill Foley. He's the majority owner. He did a wonderful job, and he's picked a great GM and so on. But uh, what, what, how much, this is so much fun for the city of Las Vegas after everything we've been through. It's just sometimes you get speechless. Joe, take me back to the beginning when somebody called and said, all right, the genesis of it all. We're going to put a hockey team, or we're going to try and get a hockey team in Las Vegas, and we'd like to be a part of it. Who who contacted you, and what were, were those conversations like? No, I started it, actually. I'm not I, surprised. Uh, Gavin and I were, were, were about to sell the Kings, and I knew that uh, we'd be really empty without a team or without some some kind of team to support because we've been in sports all of our lives. We started out with the Houston Rockets, my father, and then, you know, in the WNBA, and then we were in the World Football League and now, <laughs> and with the Kings and so on and so forth. So, um, But I, I've, I've never had more fun than this. It's, it's just every game 
is so exciting. And, and, and to see what it's done for the city of Las Vegas, that's the, the best part about all this, is that um, after that tragedy that we had October 1, uh, this has been really uh, fantastic for the fans. Can you expand more on that? Because Vegas went through a, a, just a god-awful time, and the importance of the Golden Knights today and the impact on the city. Can you can you take us through that experience? And today, hopefully, will be a happy story. Yes, yes. Well, actually, I could take you back to the beginning. Uh, when we were selling the Kings, Gavin and I thought... Um, Let's stay in sports. We went to New York. We were in the middle of that. And then we called Gary Bettman, the commissioner, and he told us to come on in. So we came in, told him that we thought Las Vegas was ready for its own team. And we talked to him for a while, and he says he didn't say yes, he didn't say no, he just thought about it. And then he, we went back and saw him again, and then we got in contact with Mr. Foley, and that's how it all started. But it took us actually about four years the, pro- the entire process to get the expansion team. And then, so throughout those four years, you know, the anticipation just built and built. And then finally, when we had our own team here and somebody that these people here, the residents, could cheer for, because we never had our own really major league franchise. And this was the first one. So the whole city's behind it. We are chatting with Joe Maloof, an investor in the Vegas Golden Knights. And, Joe, were you certain that this would work? I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure. Even when I saw the season ticket numbers, the signups, I wasn't sure that this was going to be, forget about a runaway success, I wasn't sure it was going to be a success, period. Did you know or did you have any doubt? We always believed in our hearts that Vegas needed its own professional franchise, that, uh, that it would support it. And one of the things the commissioner told us is, you know, we don't want you to sell the tickets to all your friends out there, the casinos and everything. Sell it to the locals. Make sure that the locals buy the season tickets. And that's exactly what happened. We sold, I think it was like 14,000 season tickets for this season. So the fans in the city really came out and supported the team right away. All the sponsorship money that came in. It's it's really it's really been it's really been great. We always thought that this city needed its own team to cheer for. Well, say, take me through the economics of it. Then I know you probably didn't have to blink because you didn't cut the biggest check, but Bill Foley that was a five hundred million dollar expansion fee. Any nerves on his part? I mean, that's a big big expansion check to cut five hundred million dollars just to get in the club. Yeah, that's a lot of money, as you say. But uh, no, he. He came on board right away, and he, he saw the, the value of this. And there's no value like the, the ownership of a sports franchise. There's only so many of them. They're like a, a diamond in the rough. You know, you can't, you can't get them. And so uh, I think in his heart he knew it was a good investment. And, you know, we had the whole city behind us. We went and saw the governor. We saw the mayor. We saw the county commissioners. We saw everybody, all the politicals. And uh, everyone was behind it. We had no negatives. There was not one negative that was against it. I always ask, how did you guys come up with the name Golden Knights? I know it's been talked about, but for people who don't know, can you explain that again? Bill Foley, that was his his selection. He came up with that. And he was, uh, he's got a real affinity towards the, the Army, the Black Knights, and 
we we wanted to try that name first, but the Golden Knights came out better, and that's that's really how it came about. And call you guys the GKs because <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, it, and you hit the nail on the head. By the way, we were saying earlier the the key is getting the locals to come to see the team. Yes, you can give the tickets to, like you said, to guests coming in town, this, that, whatever. But the key is to get the locals excited about it. Yes, that's a, absolutely. And and now there, there'll be rinks all over the city of Las Vegas. And the key is to get the youth involved. That's number one. And they're behind it. You know, almost every single practice that we have is <laughs> is completely sold out. Or not so loud, but completely full. The practice facility, we leave it open for the fans to come in, and uh, it fills up every every day during practice. It's, it's an incredible scene over here. Now let me tell you something that I'm hearing from some folks around Sportstone. You tell me whether there's any validity to it at all. They're saying this could be too much success too fast. I mean, what is there left to do? If you win the Stanley Cup in year one, nothing else in the future will compare. Is there any concern that, oh, my God, this is going to be a spoiled fan base? We can't do this every year. How do we satisfy the home fans? Well, you've got to keep the fans happy. And as long as they know you're trying, and as long as they know that, you know, obviously there'll never be another year like this. I don't, you know, it's impossible the first year and then, make it to the finals, and who knows what will happen. But, uh, you know, they, as, as long as you do what you say you're going to do and, and invest back into the team, invest back into the players, and they know that they have an opportunity to win, the team has an opportunity to win, the fans will stick by you. You're building a lot of loyalty very quickly right now. And uh, like you said, it's... It's something else. I mean, you know, how do you how do you top this? Well, maybe you get number two, number three, if it ever comes about. <laughs> but uh, best thing is to get the first one if you can. So you have been in sports. Your father, as you said, had the Houston Rockets. Do you think it's just the scarcity? Why do these valuations keep going up? We're seeing multi-billion-dollar assets. Is it scarcity? Is it the the media? component of it all? Is it tickets and, and beverage and in-house arena? What is the biggest driver of the valuations of this team, and particularly your club? Live sports. Nothing like it. Uh, you, you can't replicate it in any fashion. It's, it's, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, it just, it's all those things that you mentioned put together. It's a, it's a combination of all those things. And uh, there's only a few of these teams, and it's as you said. It's five hundred million to get into the league. I don't know what the next one will be, but it's very expensive to get in. And once you're in, it's uh, it's a great fraternity to be a part of. Yeah, I wonder what yeah. Tim Lywicki thinks about that in Seattle. You paid five, and they're like, yeah, I think maybe we'll take seven. He's not going to be happy with you on that one. Whatever he pays, it'll be a fabulous investment. Yeah, because right the NHL is a great a great way to make. Your investment grow, really. Why haven't more owners and teams embraced what you have done and the down part of the, of the game and the pregame? Yeah, we see some, some fireworks in places and we see some video tributes, that kind of stuff. The New York Times the other day did a full story on your pregame show. Is it just because it's Vegas and it's the entertainment capital and all that? Why don't more owners invest in making the live 
in-game so special that to sit at home on your couch while you have the bathroom and you have your big screen TV, that it just doesn't compare. you got to be in T-Mobile Arena to experience the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it's really, it's really an experience. It's, uh, it cost a lot of money, and it, it took a how much? How much? Tell me how much. How much? You, what does your oh, pregame show cost? What does it cost? I don't know exactly hmm. what it costs, but you know, we want uh, Foley wanted to do things right. He does things first class. He wanted to have the best, so that's what he did. He invested a lot of money in it, but it pays dividends because look at the article that came out in the Times. So things like that do matter, but really. The most important thing is the experience the fan has when he's at the arena or at the stadium. They have to have the best food, try to get the best service to him. Just do everything to service and take care of that fan. The word cater bothers, bothers a lot of people, but it doesn't bother us. We like to cater to people and take care of them. It makes me feel good or makes our organization feel good when we take care of people. So to answer your question, it's all about... Uh, all about the experience they have at the arena or the stadium. We're talking with part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, Joe Maloof. I have to ask about the recent Supreme Court ruling that will allow gambling pretty much across the nation as long as the state wants it. But I'm asking it because obviously you're in Las Vegas. You're seeing this from the inside out. It's like, yeah, big deal. We, <laughs> we've had gambling on sports all the time. Now... What do you think it will be like that the nation has the option to gamble on sports? Well, I think it was inevitable it was going to come eventually because if you look around, there's gambling in almost every state as we speak. and Probably the only state that, that, I, that doesn't have a form of gambling is uh, Utah, I think. But, um, um, no, it, it was coming. It was inevitable. Uh, the, the best thing about it, I think, is it takes uh, – it takes the illegal sports betting out of the equation for the most part, and now it enables people to, you know, make a make a legal wager if they want to on a particular game. So uh, I think it's good. I think it's great, and uh, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was coming because uh, eventually, you know, you had to get that illegal element out of it, which is, uh, you know, the sports bookies and all those type of uh, people. The best thing that most owners tell me about the legalized wagering is engagement. You've got kids who are used to doing things on their phones and their iPads, and the NHL skews a tad younger demographic. I know Gary Bettman likes to say they have a tech-savvy audience. Probably lines up nicely for the NHL that the new generation of fans has another touch point to experience the game. Uh, you know, I can't really speak for the NHL. I don't know what, what his feelings are, the commissioner. But I, I, I do know that it, it will raise uh, the awareness of the game and it will bring more excitement to the game. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I think if it's legal and it's done properly and it's monitored and it's watched carefully, that it can be a good thing for, all of, for everybody. Now, Joe, I know this was ingrained in you by your father. And I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't know if I had the story from you or somebody else. But when your father fell ill and like somebody called an ambulance and he was being wheeled out to the ambulance, and I'm going to let you tell if this is a true story, let me, yes, it's true. What did your father do? Well, he asked me, how many points did Moses get tonight? Moses Malone. <laughs> and did you know? <laughs> 
I think it was 41 or something. <laughs> Can't remember quite, but he was getting rolled out. And he, he asked me about the Rockets. He loved that team, you know. And we had a wonderful team. We had Moses Malone, Calvin Murphy. We had some great players. Tom Jonovich was on our team. Yep. Uh, Rick Barry. We had a we had a great team. I wish you were. I wish you could see my partner Michael Barr right now. He's got he's got a very Calvin Murphy shirt on, <laughs> Aquamarine. I think that yeah. might that might be his. That's his, my tribute. His, to his Calvin tribute Murphy. To, to Calvin Murphy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, great. Yeah. No, that was those were fun days too. All right, we're talking to Joe Maloof, a part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And Joe, where do you see the NHL positioned in the grand scheme of all sports? Obviously, the NFL is the gorilla. People are talking about the NBA in this international expansion. What is the future growth possibility for hockey? Well, I think uh, in the United States, the growth has been spectacular. The ratings are way up. Uh, uh, As you mentioned earlier, it's a the, the the millennials and the younger people, younger generation, really love our sport, and uh, more rinks are are uh, popping around the United States all over. So I think it's uh, got a great future. The NHL, uh, you got a great commissioner and Gary Bettman. He's he's dynamic guy. He's he's uh, you know people forget he 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 deserves a lot of credit or maybe most of the credit because. A lot of people or the other commissioners didn't really see Vegas as an opportunity. He did. When Gavin and I had, uh, went and saw him, we sat down and, you know, we, we didn't know if he was going to throw us out of the office or, or, or really take it seriously, which he did. So you've got to give him the credit. I know I can't. <laughs> but um, as far as the NHL, uh, great future, great future. But you're, you're not going to be alone anymore. I've seen pictures of Gavin and you hanging out. With Mark Davis, there's a big bad NFL team coming to town that sucks up a lot of sponsorship dollars. Uh, do you see a peaceful coexistence? I'll cut you off right there. I can hardly wait. <laughs> then I'm going to start calling you my wife. <laughs> I got to cut you off, man. I'm so excited. I mean, I don't know how Foley feels, but as far as I'm concerned, I think it's <laughs> it's going to be great for the city. <laughs> why? Well, why? Why is it? Why is it great for the city? And why is it? In particular, we're talking about the business of sports. Why is it beneficial to the Golden Knights when you have to share attention and and battle for a limited pool of dollars from companies and patrons? Uh, because there's there's enough money in this city for for two teams. Now, if another team comes in, I'd have to question that. But this is a big enough market that can handle two two major league franchises, and I. And I think it's just a matter of uh, supporting each other. We're going to be the, the biggest supporters of the Raiders. And uh, Mark Davis is first class. He put a full-page ad uh, wishing us the best of luck. So no, we, my brother Gavin and I have a real close relationship with him. And so I, I think it's just going to be fantastic. It brings more attention to the city. It really makes... Vegas, a major league sports city now, you, you know, once you have an NFL franchise, that, that's, that says it all in my eyes. You were saying about the TV ratings up, and the running joke here is I'm old man bar. And I think the best thing that happened to hockey 
was HDTV because simply now you can see the puck. Remember back the old Peter Puck yes. days and, and they had an idea to put a chip in the puck <laughs> and you had the streak going on, the blue streak and then the red streak and this and that, whatever. Well, now you have HDTV, you can see the puck. Yeah, yeah you're right, 100%. I agree. Yeah, no, it's fantastic to watch on TV. And also the atmosphere, too, is they pick it up better with the audio and everything. It's just, they do a first-class job. It really oh, is a show, isn't it? it yeah, I mean, it's it, a show. People don't, people don't remember or they don't realize. I know we think of it sports and entertainment. We, we say that. But how many folks inside of sport really produce it as a show, as an entertainment property? Well, you know, I think every team goes about it in their own particular way, whatever they want to, the ownership. And in our, in our case, we want to put on a show. We want it to be entertainment. It is a, a top entertainment in the world comes here every, every night. There's something going on. So, you know, if you want to compete, you've got you to gotta compete with uh, what's here in the city, which is the, the best of everything. You have the best rock bands come, the best hip-hop, the best DJs. This city uh, wants the best of everything. You're in a partnership with AEG operating that facility. How important is it to have the kind of building you've got when you're starting out, sort of the state-of-the-art, where you can really drive revenue? How much of your revenue comes from that building? A lot. A lot of the revenue comes from from the building. um, uh, Concessions, of course, and then all all the... in arena advertising is very important, and then local television—it all adds up. But it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's very important. When will Vegas have an NHL All-Star game? I attended the NBA All-Star game in Vegas, first one outside of an NBA city. I know you had a good time then. When do you apply for an NHL All-Star game? And I'm sure right behind that, we're talking Super Bowl. Ask the big man, Mr. Bettman. Ask him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only guy that knows that answer. You'd love to host yeah, the All-Star. Oh, yeah, though. be fantastic. Yes, yes, we want an NHL All-Star. Yes, sure we do. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes, we do. I have to ask about you, going back to what you're talking about, getting the youth involved in hockey. And you wouldn't think out in the middle of the desert in Las Vegas is like, who's playing hockey out there? Now, all of a sudden, you guys have hit the scene. And as you said earlier, this thing is on the rise and gone. Talk more, if you can, expanding about getting the youth involved in hockey and how extremely important it is for the sport itself. Well, if the, if the sport is going to survive and, and prosper, it has to do it through the youth. And uh, the way you do that is, well, obviously, this, it, it helps to win, of course, and this has been such a fantasy season. But for the most part, it's just a, it's going to the schools, getting the youth involved, building rinks, uh, uh, starting leagues, uh, our, our ice time at the practice facility is tied up 100% of the time. So the key is to get to the youth is you've got to build more rinks. You've got to get to them young in grade school with jerseys, with shirts, have your players make appearances at the school, uh, go to the hospitals, to you know, just everything you can to ingratiate yourself with the local community. And um, I think that uh, Bill and... Everybody's been able to do that right now. We've done a lot. I, I gave, I bought a um, 
a canine, German Shepherd canine, and I gave it to the police department here after the tragedy, and right. they named it Night. Oh. So things like that. <laughs> Can you tell us about that, about that experience, the city itself, how it has rebuilt from just that horrific day? I mean, everybody knows what happened. It, yeah, can you yeah. can you take us through that on uh, if you remember that day and and mm-hmm. what went through your mind? Oh, just shocking and just to, to the most horrible thing that uh, I've ever been through. Just a shocking event of um, just horrifying. You know, it's hard to describe it. Just it's, it's just it is what it was, and it was. Uh, but what it did do, what it did do is it's it's brought a sense of community together it's brought everybody together uh, all the memorial services uh, that those type things that uh, went on after and still today uh, just just the, the whole community that's that's why this this knights team that's why this golden knights team's been so great because it's been able to take our mind off that tragedy a little bit and bring it to sports and bring it to something that's fun and exciting and you got you have strangers hugging each other outside the arena. People, come on, this is Vegas. I've seen that for years, Joe. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, somebody was sure paying somebody else, but I've seen it for years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. What's next for the Maloof family? I, you guys do not sit still. I know you're loving being back in sports. What's next for the Maloof family? Well, we got a, We have a great new product. What is it it's called? called Drink A D R I N K A D E. And it's a vitamin supplement, and it's a fantastic little drink. It's a 3.4 shot, uh, in, not an energy drink, but it's uh, to prevent and to recover from uh, from a night out on the town. Celebrate and feel great. That's what it does. It's, oh, I can use that. I was going to say, I see, I see a Christmas <laughs> gift in the bar household. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm buying yeah. two that's cases of doing. that. We're, we're peddling that right now, and we've got some other things. Love it. Joe My Maloof. George and everything. Yep, yep. Joe Maloof, part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank you very much, Joe. Do appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Takeaways from the interview, Joe Maloof is a very down-to-earth guy when you talk to him. So when we were talking about the team and you hear the excitement in his voice about how important it was to get not only the youth involved in the excitement for the team, also the locals. And that's the key to the whole thing of building a strong fan base. I'll tell you, the word I use for Joe is folksy. He's very folksy. (laughs) (laughs) And he and I became pals, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I wrote a story about Joe and Gavin and the Sacramento Kings, and his mother's local paper happened to use it. So she read the story, she called Joe and Gavin, and if you can make their mom happy... You know, then we were in forever, and it just we just became friendly. I, I like the way they treat people. I like their philosophy of cater to the customer, and he said that during the interview. We, we like to cater to the customer. We want people to have a great time. They're about hospitality. We once walked into the Palms, and the security guard in the front was standing there rather sternly, mm-hmm. and he walked over, but in a very nice way. He was like, smile. We don't <laughs> want people being intimidated when they walk into our place. It's good. Life is good. Smile. Make them feel welcome. That attention to detail is what the Maloofs put into their sports properties. I can hear that in his voice when we were talking to him. Yeah. And it's also a byproduct of the lessons drilled in by their father. Uh, Obviously, he was a wealthy man, 
and he went to work. Joe and Gavin worked at the beer distributorship. And you know where they started? Sweeping the floor. And their father wanted them to know the business from the ground up. So they had delivery routes. They had to run routes and deliver, you know, the, the, the cases of beer because he always feared, what if some driver came in and said, oh, deliver 12,000 cases today? Joe and Gavin, if they'd never done the job, they wouldn't know if that's a lot, a little. They have no frame of reference. So he wanted them to learn from the bottom up. Yes, they were the owner's kid, but they had to sweep the floor first. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business and Sports, the number of the week. Time now for the number of the week. I'm going to say it this way, 102. Because if I say it another way, you'll easily get where I'm going with this. 102. 102. How else could you say 102? By the way, this is obviously one of the weeks we have not discussed it ahead of time. 102. Nothing comes to I have okay. no idea. Now I'm going to say it the other way. Okay. 100 second. What are the, uh, is this the Belmont, uh, Indy, Indy, what, I don't know, I don't know, I don't Ding, ding, ding. All right, right. 102nd running of the Indy 500, congratulations, Will Power, who is the champion. His name is Will Power? That's a cool name. Will Power? Will Power, a Quinn Martin production. Yeah, yeah. That that would be great, what a great name. Are you going to make me go to Barnaby Jones? Because I can do that if you want to. And his nephew, Jebediah, I can do it. Thank you. Oh, it was that was a great indie. And and by the way, it was Danica Patrick's last race. And I want to bring this up too about the number because yes, she spun out. There were a lot of single car spins. It wasn't just her. There were some big names. Tony Kanan, he spun out. Elio Castroneves, he spun out. These are single car spins. Sebastian Bourdais, he spun out. So and I can go on. So this, this, you know, people are trying to get on Danica. Aha, she crashed out. Well, hey, you know, a lot of big drivers were in it to that spot. If I just looked at the names, I would say, how does anybody have a chance against Will Power? <laughs> that's, just, a, that's a great name. It is a great name. It's like <laughs> like picking the uh, the NCAA tournament by which mascot would beat which mascot. I'm telling you, if you had showed me a list of drivers and I had to put five bucks on the race, I just said, give me five on willpower. There was only one other driver back in the day that in NASCAR that had even a better name. His name was Lake Speed. That's perfect. I, I, I kind of like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We are here each and every week at the same time exploring the world of money and sports. I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soschnick. Thank you for joining us. Please tune in next week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. 